The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, August 3rd. And today is get ready for this. It's National Grab Some Nuts Day. It's also National Georgia Day, National IPA Day, because that goes along with nuts, as long as well as National Watermelon Day. And oh, you're going to love this one, Gresham. It is National Hair Gloss Day also. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live at the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And we're trying to figure out what is going on with Twitter spaces so that way people can hear us there. But in the interim, nonetheless, we're going to keep it rolling because we have the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lameet, the professional flip-flopper, the professional backflopper. And, of course, he can also do a backstroke in the pool. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. You all right, Rico? You start. We can't hear you. I think he's flip-flopping. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's flip-flopping. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, my mic working. Oh, now, 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 now we can hear you. You done flip-flopping? You ready to do something? All right, so go. <laughs> All right, so uh, my story today is a little bit of a spinoff from uh, mine on Monday. All right, <clears throat> so uh, um, where we talked a little bit about the follow-out, the fallout from the Cresco Columbia Care mega merger following through, uh, falling through, and the biggest collateral damage was seen with business mogul Sean. Diddy Combs and his plan to launch the largest black-owned cannabis company in the world. In the aftermath of the Cresco Columbia Cares uh, abandoned merger, Combs legally lost his bid to launch the uh, uh, the biggest black-owned company, and um, and was seen as one of the most polarizing headlines of late 2022. Combs announced his plan to invest 185 billion into operations that would have been handled by two companies uh, valued at. 1 billion and uh, 500 million respectively. 
Cresco CEO Charles Backdell addressed the decision in a statement saying that Cresco believed the decision to terminate the planned transaction was in the long-term interest of Cresco Labs and their shareholders. Before thanking Columbia Care for their valuable collaboration and dedicating and dedication during the transaction. Notably absent from the statement was any mention of Combs or the impact of his premium bid, uh, which would have been a huge boon for both companies. At the time, Diddy said that his mission had been always to create opportunities for Black entrepreneurs and in industries where they've traditionally been denied access. And buying assets from Cresco and Columbia Care would have uh, provided the immediate scale and impact needed to create a more equitable future in cannabis. Uh, but also that owning the entire process from growing, manufacturing, to marketing, retail, the wholesale distribution angle, um, they all would have been historic win for the culture uh, to allow communities of color to empower diverse leaders throughout the ecosystem and be sold uh, and be bold advocates for inclusion. Uh, so, of course, there was plenty of haters in the industry taking shots at Combs, being an outsider, uh, not being in the right place, not knowing what he was doing and grossly overbidding on assets he could have easily acquired for a deep discount. Uh, but personally, I saw it as a potential lifeline for black and brown operators across the supply chain who can uh, who continue to be denied opportunities given to non-melanated peers with similar or less qualifications. Um, it's shitty knowing that the majority of enforcement geared towards illegal operators in the game historically has been placed on black and brown uh, brown folks, but it's even shittier um, knowing that the majority of opportunities created to join the legal side uh, are overseen by folks that not just don't look like you, but um, most likely never experienced the trauma that you have. I mean, in some cases have no expressed interest in empathizing either. So, so yeah, the, the headline was pretty mid, uh, on the surface, uh, you know, two giant MSOs couldn't merge to create a mega MSO and Puff Daddy <laughs> ended up being the biggest loser. You know, what world are we living in now where that's even a headline? Um, but I think there's a bigger story like behind that and um, like less and less opportunities for black folks to work for black folks um, in the industry. So I'm Rico Lamit, dopest dad on the street uh, for Hide Nine News. I'm going to open it up, man. What do you guys think? Like, uh, Rest in peace, Tupac. Rest in peace, Tupac Shakur. I like to say, rest in peace to Tupac. <laughs> and and uh, I like to say, I'm not a fan of Diddy. I'm a New Yorker, born and raised. And I, I personally, uh, and I'm a businessman at that. I'm a, I'm a successful businessman, I like to think, in my own right. I'm, uh, I'm not enthusiastic about anything that Diddy does for business. Uh, he had the vote or die. He just raised a bunch of money. Yep. Or for T-shirts. Um, I don't think that necessarily him being a black man has anything to do with him creating job opportunities for black people, because if that's the case, he would have done that already in other facets of business outside of African-American artists crying about royalty rights and not being paid what they were supposed to when they initially signed the contract. Um, I think that for people who have been in the cannabis industry for a long time, paid their dues, the burners, you know, these individuals that have uh, constantly giving themselves to the culture. These are the individuals that should be trying to cultivate. These are the individuals that actually care about the plant, that actually care about the business behind it, that actually care about the people who are actually um, using these plants for medicinal purposes or recreational use. Um, I think that for Diddy, in my opinion, in my opinion only, I think that he is uh, a, an opportunist, which most business individuals are, but I don't think that he necessarily, in my opinion, cares about black Americans. I think that he uses his hue whenever it's beneficial to him and then 
uh, articles will bring it up and talk about it, whatever. But when you are looking from the outside and you're removing the aspects of color or what it could have done for people of color and you just look at his business model, you realize it seldomly is beneficial to African-Americans. And I'm just saying in this case, I, I kind of think that if he had his T's crossed and his I's dotted, then it would have been a lot different. And how do you cross your T's and dot your I's is by actually caring about the industry that you're trying to get into. I own different businesses. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't his fault that the, the, the Cresco merger fell through is what I'm saying. Like, well, I, I mean, I mean, in reality, though, I think I think he caught Diddy caught a huge win from ultimately yeah, an yeah, inevitable yeah, failure in the cannabis space yeah. by working with this group. Right. Yeah. On, on, a, on a personal uh, business level, I, I think it was it was a win. Rico, your mic is low because I'm picking up. I'm picking up this brother loud. He was just like he just jumped out. Cause I was I rose everything up on my end so I could hear you a little bit. I don't know. Maybe your mic is like a little low. Mic is low, but your vibe is high. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, baby. Yeah, my, yeah, my mic stopped registering as soon as we went live for some fucking. I could be, I could be a Diddy hater, y'all. I could be a Diddy yeah. hater. I'm a no, Tupac no, no, fan. No, 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 there's, there's nothing wrong. Be the Diddy hater. There's nothing wrong with being a Diddy hater, like, like, like at all in this one. I don't. It wasn't his fault that the Cresco merger fell through with uh with. I'm not saying right? it is. I'm just saying karma. I just think that karma wise, it wasn't beneficial for him. Well, my question, my question is, like, like, here, like. like there's not a lot of opportunities, not just to operate as a black person in the industry, but also to work for folks that look like us. And the opportunity that Puff Daddy would have um, presented had the deal actually gone through, like even if it was a bad deal, even if, you know, he grossly overpaid for a bunch of depressed assets. Um, um, the fact that you have somebody in there, it, it does give hope to a lot of people and it, it does give inspiration to a lot of people. Um, I, and there's less and less melanated people like owning these companies. And that's what I wanted to, to, to talk about, like with the less and less opportunities like that showing up, like, like how is that going to um, um, affect like the next generation, like trying to look for inspiration? It, it, it does inspire uh, um, to see it is inspiring to see black or brown moguls, like no matter their background or whatever, in whatever industry, it gives inspiration to youngers to do the same. Okay, don't well, Sean Carter, uh, don't Sean Carter exactly. wait, but don't Sean Carter own a cannabis uh company? Sean Jay Z owns a cannabis company. Yeah, he, he is helped out a lot, he helped out a lot of black folks on the, on the West Coast or something like that. Can I jump? So in? why not join forces with Jay Z and try go, to make something happen with Jay Z? Go, 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 hold on, go, 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 go for it, Gretchen. What are you, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that I agree that while it might be nice because Diddy. Uh, is black that he's helping out, you know, young black entrepreneurs, yada, yada. But I do agree that he is totally opportunistic. If he really yeah. cared about this industry, he would have put his back into it. Same with Sean Carter. If these guys really cared about growing this industry, they would take their money, use it for good, start incubators like you like. No, he didn't do shit. He sat How there and waited for the Cresco deal exactly. to go through. I'm saying if he cared, he would get in. He would invest in other businesses in the industry. He would put his money behind perhaps lobbying dollars to I try and get shit yep, passed. Exactly. He has so many fucking resources at his hands. Did he use any of them? Zero. No. Oh, I see. I, I see what you did paid. there, Gretchen. I love this woman. I see I what you did woman. there. She I said. She said. Did he use the, his resources? Do you see what okay, she did okay, there? All right. So, 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 what, so, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. You still not answer my question. What's your question? Like, like, with, 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 with less and less black and brown 
business owners in the mm-hmm. industry? Are we are we just not going to see? Are we, are we just going to see a mirror of the rest of America? Where you're not going to see anybody at the top? Anybody inspirational jump. for you? I would love to, to jump up? into this fray and and, and help Please, kick off the answer for you, Rico. So uh, uh, allow me to riff, ramble, and rant. So. Yes, there is less representation of black, brown, colored, indigenous, LGBTQ, LMNOP, all of that in this industry. As the industry has matured, the diversity has gone down, not up. So, yes, you're right. And if we take that a step further, what is the net effect, right? If you're still paying $17 an hour for bud tenders, you might not be actually lifting up communities, right? And so I think we do get back to that point of if you're a billionaire and if you haven't given to the hood incubator and if you haven't given to minorities for medical marijuana and if you have not given to regulators of color and you have not given to BIPOC can, there are groups out there, COA in LA, there are groups out there that are doing work. And when you're in billionaire status, if you can't write checks to NGOs and charity groups and community involved groups and you don't have that track record, then it's hard to be totally optimistic that somebody is doing something for the cause and not just for the headlines, right? So I think that what, you know, since since we started kind of hating on casting a little bit of shade on, on Puff Daddy, maybe Puff Daddy is at a place in his career where he went from being a part of the inhalation to a part of the exhalation. Maybe he went from being Puff Daddy to Cough Daddy. I see what you did. I see what you did. Oh there, boy. Man. Oh boy. Can I just can I just add in there real quick? Because he said we are seeing less people of color. And then and then this brother said, Yeah, and we see that's because the more you legalize things, the big bank takes little bank. So the more you legalize things, you can expect corporations to step in. So then what you would need to think about is why we don't see more African-Americans at the heads of corporations. Now, mind you, I mentioned Jay-Z, Sean Carter owns a marijuana cultivating, a cultivation, yep. a cultivating company. But what you don't see is that these individuals that reach millions of people on a daily basis are not using their platforms to also encourage their own businesses. They're not telling people about their right. businesses. Like you can create such a such a a, a, a a buzz, you know, people can be become so excited because you're talking about things. Like, these guys have access to so many different acts and artists that they can use to help utilize to push their own brands. And then, the other thing about it, like, I can't, I can't look at Jay-Z's business model and be like, well, I want to be like that. Because then when I look at Burner's business model from California, when I look at the, the owners of Cookies from California, and I see that there's a Mexican man or a Latin man that is one of the largest um, cultivators uh, right now in the industry, it's hard for me to look at African-American leaders that had more money than him, that had more potential than him as far as earning potential and as far as uh, reaching... Um, uh, People who are not in the industry, like Jay-Z, you know, uh, the Sean Combs is, right? Because a lot of people don't even know who Burner is, right? I know because I listen to music. I'm a pothead. So this is how you know. But we know that this man is clearly one of the leading um, um, uh, individuals in the cannabis industry. So for him to get to where he is, and this is a guy from we no one knows, Jay-Z and them could have been somewhere else by now. That's all I'm saying is that sometimes the it's not the machine holding back the quote unquote culture. It's the gatekeepers of the culture that is not including the rest of the culture into the winnings. And I think that that's something that needs to be looked at obviously because I care a great deal about black people being able to own stuff. But ultimately I just care about Americans having a free market, no matter what color you are. How much, how, how much, how much impact could Puff Daddy have had if the deal was never closed? You know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if he, he could have had a great amount, I think he could have he could have put pressure. He could have put he got he could have put pressure to get the deal done. 
he could have put pressure, like public pressure, to, to, to have the companies that he's involved in and excited. He could have been doing meetings and launches the same way they do preps for albums and artists to launch it and get it out there to people and, and create but, but, a package. But, 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 Rico, 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 it's not all about the deal. It's about his influence on the industry. So there's so months. many, there are so many other, yes, are you kidding me? He has a giant platform. You don't think the world would hear if Puff Daddy says, I'm going to okay. Congress well, and I'm well, going to fucking yell at Chuck Schumer. You don't think that would make a hundred percent. He'd be like, like I'm like, a New like Yorker. I'm going to do take, a talk to the New York Senator. Of, Puff Daddy out of the, uh, out of the equation there. I'm saying, I'm saying you can't like, just like, think about. We're seeing less and less black and brown leadership. Like, how is this going to affect the next generation? Right? How's That's it right. Me and you put a million dollars a piece up, then Rico. Me and you yeah. put a million dollars a piece up, and we started our own industry, and we try to get in and do the same thing they did. I'll put a million dollars with you. You and I put a million dollars up a piece, and then we can forget about them, and we can use our. Own. I got a, I got a, I got a small platform compared to Diddy, but I would still use my platform, and I would sell out every single thing. I used to sell a hundred pounds a day. There's no way in the world that this man, and I used to do this as, on the street level. So there's no way in the world this man who reaches millions of people. Couldn't have got this deal done or even created something outside of this that still would have created job opportunities for blacks. Facts. That that part is facts. He, they could definitely be doing a whole lot more than what they're doing. And all they're basically doing is sitting around smoking Blue Dream, trying to come up with new beats. Yeah, Diddy smokes the Tebas, bro. I think, I think, I think, I think bro. it is a... A net loss for momentum, I think, is a net loss for inspiration for a lot of folks that, yo, like, you're not seeing Frank, black. No offense, you're not, you're not seeing no, black wait, wait, wait. I got to stop you there. Like, on what a level. inspiration was he providing to anyone in this industry that you think is now lacking? All he did was make a deal and sit back and wait for the money to roll in. What inspiration yep. was he providing? Yep, there's being no inspiration. Being a visible there. black man at the Just top, how was that not? How is that not inspirational? You see Barack Obama, like Barack Obama or not, having him as a black president, you know, know. how inspirational I just, I that is more, millions, I of, more in millions of people. As much no, as no, I hate Obama, Obama, Obama did something. Nah, he didn't just nah, show nah, up no, no, and no, sit no, there. No, 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 just, just to have something. somebody that Actions looks like matter. you. Actions matter. He did not. No, having somebody nothing. that looks like you at the top of the food chain, period, is inspirational. Whether you agree with them uh, or their, their politics, I love this, their business I love moves. Or whatever it is, having somebody that actually looks like you after having society as a whole beat down on you time and time again, that's detrimental to society. Period. I, that's detrimental to a lot I of people's you. inspiration. I think there's got to be more than just a face. I think there needs right. to be more in that empty suit. Of course suit. there needs to be more than a face, but I'm saying having the face there, that gives you inspiration. If you know your people are getting pulled over all the time, if you know your people are getting beat up tased, uh, shot at by people who are in authority right. at all times. And, 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 and then you're going to work and then you're going to work every single day for those same people that look like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold, hold, hold on a second, guys. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. If you're looking if you're looking for people that look like you to provide inspiration, you're looking in the wrong freaking place. You need to be looking for inspiration wherever it is, whatever inspires you to whatever be the best person that you can be. I will tell it 100 percent to a bunch of kids in the hood all day. All day I'll do that. No fucking problem, bro. Not at all. Let me say this. Not at all. He can't. Jason can't say what I'm gonna say. This is what I'm gonna say to the kids in the hood. Don't look at these niggas because these niggas ain't gonna do nothing for you. Don't take it there. No, no, I'm gonna tell. I'm telling you. This is what I'm gonna tell them. 
if you want something done, the best thing uh, for you to do, the best thing for you to do is do the research on what it is you're trying to accomplish and you can do it yourself. Because right now what I'm seeing is I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put a picture of Puff Daddy up and tell my kid you wanna to aspire to be like this man. Not, like absolutely I said, it not. doesn't I have to be, be Puff Daddy. I mean, I'm saying it, it doesn't have to no, be Puff Daddy. I don't, I don't, we gotta, we gotta go. We, we gotta go to a commercial. You guys, we are, we're, we're, hold on, hold on, no, we're, 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 way, we're way over time. We gotta go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. Okay. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Spicy for sure. Oh yeah, here we go. That's what we're all about here. That's what we are all about here. I love it, man. Love the conversation. Love the debate there. And for everybody at home, it's always all love. So just so you guys know that, even if we go at each other's necks, always all love. Speaking of, up next, it's the man that Gretchen Gailey loves the most. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish there were more of them. I wish he was here on the East Coast. That would make all my dreams come true. See? See? And a representative who has been in the game longer than any other continuously operating retailer. The man who smokes on the best weed of the world religiously. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah, Rico. Good morning, everybody. Oh, man, I hope you guys are ready for this one because this is pretty interesting because the California police, they trespassed on native land and they destroyed over $100,000 worth of pot, a lawsuit says. That's right. Sheriff deputies in Northern California trespassed on Native American land and wrongfully destroyed more than 100,000 cannabis plants, according to a new lawsuit filed in federal court this week. Mendocino County Sheriff's Office deputies raided the farm in July of last year, destroying 113,361 plants worth more than $100,000. That's some interesting math right there, as well as multiple greenhouses, according to the lawsuit filed by the farm owner, Gary Cardova. The farm was located in Covello, a small Mendocino County town that sits within the Round Valley Indian Reservation. The Sheriff's Department said the farm was violating the state's medical marijuana laws according to a search warrant attached to the lawsuit, but Cordova says that the farm was was fully legal under the Round Valley Indian Tribes laws. Hillig Fretzberg, the office manager for the Emerald Law Group, which is representing Cordova, confirmed that he is a member of the tribe and Cordova's attorneys were not available to answer further questions about the lawsuit. Cordova says that the officers trespassed on his land, violated his civil rights, and destroyed over $100,000 worth of cannabis. He is suing for an unspecified amount of damages related to the uh, allegedly destroyed plants and buildings. The lawsuit was first reported by Law360.com. Neither the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office nor the Round Valley Indian Tribes immediately responded to a request for comment from SF Gate. The Mendocino County Sheriff's Office has raided cannabis grows on the local tribe's land in the past, and after a raid in May of 2020, the county sheriff told the Press Democrat that the operation was in response to complaints from tribal elders about legal pot farms. 
The tribal elders were quoted in the newspaper story, and it's not clear whether Cordova's farm had the support from the local tribe. However, California's state law allows for medical marijuana patients to grow up to six plants on their property, but Round Valley's tribal law allows medical patients to grow an unlimited amount of plants provided they are grown indoors, according to Cordova's lawsuit. His farm was using six greenhouses to grow the plants, the suit said, and local tribal law also requires law enforcement to contact tribal police before any raids are conducted or marijuana is destroyed. The sheriff's department did not consult with Round Valley officials before the operation, according to the lawsuit, and Cordova filed a claim against Mendocino County in January seeking damages related to the raid but that claim was rejected the same month the lawsuit said oh man oh man oh man it sounds like mendocino county is gonna have to pay out some tribal tribal land some money in this lawsuit if this is all correct but i'm gonna digress and see what you guys have to say and this is jason beck for the high at nine news hour what do y'all think about this mendo well first of all it's covalo so we can pronounce it right cool there wasn't a pronunciation there Secondly, it's an appellation. So while it may be a tiny little dot on the map, there has been amazing cannabis being produced out of this region for a really long time. And that high plateau and that gorgeous area, two hours due east of 101, is a is a really important little dot on that map for for the continuation of uh, flower that is you know of the highest expression of those genetics that have really been cultivated in that area for a really long time and and tribal involvement in in cannabis cultivation or on tribal lands has been something that's been going on a long time up there. I mean this thing is look it's not the first time that people have come through with a cowboy approach and crashed things down and destroyed property and sort of taken a well whatever approach to it but. It isn't respecting the sovereignty of those lands. And so if they got a search warrant for property that is tribal and didn't inform the tribe, you know, those those law enforcement departments, those officers, they know better than that. Right. And and, and so I, I, I think that, you know, for those of us who've spent time in this area, this is just another Thursday, unfortunately. And so uh, I'm not sure what these people hope to accomplish through 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 suing, um, because this is unfortunately continuations of business as usual up there. Might makes right to heck with the laws. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago that an attorney who happened to be on the board of the National Cannabis Industry Association sued some of those local law enforcement and and sued under RICO and won because these people were treating the underregulated industry as their cash cow and just you know the equivalent of a bully robbing that little wimp for their lunch money and so you know unfortunately operators and landowners who participate in cannabis cultivation have been the punching bag uh, for some of these departments for a really long time and so it's sad but unfortunately it's it's far too common i just want to say that he his depiction of the area and the uh, flower being produced was amazing i have never heard someone so articulately romanticize where marijuana was grown. He's done an amazing job. I think that was beautiful. Now, what I want to say to this is this. If they keep raiding the Indian land, what happens when the Indians arm themselves and actually start to fire at police officers that are going on? Because the Indian reservation is, is basically like another country. It's sovereign, yeah. So what Yeah, so what happens when these guys, because I've seen something on YouTube where- It's an invasion. A, yeah, where a police officer drove on the on their property, and I watched them circle the police officer, 
pull their guns out on him, make him get out their car, and put him under arrest. Like, and then the other officers came and begged them to let him go. And they was like, nah, he's on our land. Like, he's not supposed to be here. You know, he's invading our land. What happens when they go there? Because they're armed. They're coming there to steal from private property, which is basically another country. What happens when the Indians get tired of this and they arm themselves and start to massacre officers that are illegally encroaching on their land? What happens then? Well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a quick little snippet. Even though we have these <clears throat> sovereign nations, these sovereign nations still depend upon uh, the rest of this country. A for lot of federal money, access to health care, access to utilities, yeah. access to a variety of things. And their funding mechanisms for a lot of these tribes are are federal funding mechanisms. So these tribes are autonomous and independent, but in many ways still uh, dependent upon federal funding. Uh, that takes care of health care on reservations. And, and I'm not saying that that's enough money or that it does enough or that it's even, you know, substantial in the way that it affects those those people's uh, lives. But um, most of those uh, tribes would not disturb the larger status quo that allows them to access large blocks of federal funds. I mean, I think that if they, if they defended their land and killed invaders that came in there, do you think that you don't think that 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 they would have like it would kind of hard for the government to hold back services and resources from them if the government is illegally invading their property and destroying their resources. No, nah, it would just be smallpox 2.0. I mean, we have a long and illustrious history of smiling at people while we are also doing them dirty. And so um, those those tribes, even though they have sovereignty, have not really had a, a, an environment where they could exercise all of the sovereign rights uh, that are on paper for them. I mean, it's, I, it's, I, I have another sovereign, sovereign by name only on, on paper only pretty much. I have I have one other thing about this. Does anyone find it weird that they're only talking about one hundred thousand dollars in relation to one hundred thousand plants? Like, I don't understand where they did the did their math at. OK, like they definitely because, 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 because they're, they're trying to because we're talking about the cops. Right. But, 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 but cops inflate seize, everything. They, they, they quantify, they, they quantify they all marijuana at $25 a gram. Like that, that's what a trillion dollars uh, using their calculators. When they seize a hundred, a uh, hundred thousand plants, it would be a trillion dollars worth of a uh, worth of opportunity. But when they're at fault, it's only a hundred thousand dollars worth. Right. I mean, I mean, how the cop I, I'm willing, I'm willing to bet that they paid more than a dollar a clone for these plants. I'm willing to put money on that. <laughs> Pretty fucking true. Yeah. It'd be the first time the cops underestimate the street value of anything. Yeah, exactly. When they're at fault. Because they couldn't <laughs> keep it. That's why they had to undervalue it. It's not they can't keep it. Right. They can't resell right. it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have that big of an L. We didn't <laughs> Exactly. But we're 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 way late late on time today. We gotta keep it rolling. We're gonna roll right into our feisty redheaded conservative. That's right, it's Gretchen Gailey. She loves to dress up her dogs in crazy outfits and parade them up and down Capitol Hill on top of rocking crazy pineapples that's right it's the pineapple princess herself and the founder of panoptic strategies it is gretchen gailey panoptic, panoptic pineapples i like it i like it you're on mute gretchen do you know what panoptic means rico oh boy here we go it means seeing from all sides so i see every viewpoint I might not adhere to them all, but I see them all. 
<laughs> she basically just said your opinion means nothing, Rico. That's what she just basically said. What are you talking about? Shut up. She's in I'm willing to listen and hear, unlike you, right? Jason Beck, who right? just season you're, you're orange, to, Trump you're, orange. Willing, you're willing to take a uh, um, an empathetic view point even if you don't stop it, it stop right? it no that's not what she's saying she's saying she'll let you say your say your viewpoint even though she's just going right. to totally brush right. it off enough of y'all back to me uh headline california cannabis farms hoping supreme court will hear corruption cases a small cadre of cannabis farms from the heart of california's emerald triangle who have been trying for years to expose local corruption through court cases are now placing their last hopes in the u.s supreme court via petition that was filed on July 12th and another that their attorney said should be filed by Friday this week. The first petition alleges that the plaintiffs who sued after being denied a legal marijuana cultivation permit in 2018 were wronged by corrupt local officials, including members of law enforcement. The second case expands on the same themes and asserts that California state officials turned a blind eye to the exploitation of marijuana farmers in Mendocino County by police and the district attorney's office. Both cases were dismissed by lower district courts who ruled that civil racketeering cases can't be brought by marijuana businesses due to the federal illegality of cannabis, a central question that plaintiffs are now hoping will be reversed by the high court. There's a very slim chance that the court will agree to hear the dual cases. However, the Pew Trust estimates that there are seven to 8,000 petitions submitted to the Supreme Court every year, but only 80 of the cases get heard. But on the off chance the court does agree to hear... The marijuana cases, the outcome may weirdly be tied directly to the controversial 2022 ruling that overturned the long-standing right to abortion, Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization. That's because the abortion ruling centered on states' rights over the power of the federal government, a favored cause among conservative legal scholars and several Supreme Court justices. That same line of reasoning could easily be applied to marijuana laws, since it's the states that have taken the lead in regulating the cannabis industry for decades now. That's why the Dobbs decision was among one of several cited by San Francisco attorney John Houston Scott in his petition to the Supreme Court on behalf of Goosehead Valley Farms and its owners, Anne-Marie Borges and Chris Gurr. Ironically, the best recent decision for us is Dobbs, the abortion case, because it found that the states, not the federal government, but the states should decide whether abortion is legal or not, uh, Scott told Green Market Report. Scott also suggested that comments made by Justice Clarence Thomas in 2021 in a separate cannabis-related tax case that the federal government's hands-off approach to the modern cannabis industry may have undermined its own legal standing could mean there's an interest by the justices to settle the legal tensions between state legal cannabis markets and federal prohibition. It's possible he could be an advocate for us. He's also one of these states' rights federalists, Scott said. We'd like to think that this might be a chance where the Supreme Court could say we're going to apply the same principles of states' rights and federalism to marijuana laws. Still, Scott admits there's about a 1% chance of the court agreeing to hear the case and said if there's a takeaway from this situation for the broader cannabis industry, it's that local corruption remains a serious issue for businesses, particularly in California. Uh, I agree with this gentleman that I believe it's a long shot that the Supreme Court takes up the case. Uh, Generally, they like to take up cases that really affect a good amount of people. Um, and I don't know if they'll see that this way. Um, but, uh, if they do, it will be an interesting case to be heard. I do think that marijuana eventually will be resolved by the courts. I don't think Congress is going to get it done because Congress sucks. This is Gretchen for Hyatt nine news. I'm, I'm with you, Gretchen. I don't think they're going to pick up this case either, but I do think it's wishful thinking. 
it'd be nice. I agree too. I think that they're not going to pick up this case. I think they're going to totally avoid it and most likely try to kick it back. If they don't, if they don't totally avoid it and not say nothing, then they're going to just kick it back to the states. They're not going to let anybody like that. They're not going to talk about it. It's just this. They're not going to talk about it. And I, gotta, I think I, I gotta it's sad when we're, we're seeking equitable remedies through the court system because um, you know it, clearly that's that's a sign of desperation for people who don't feel that they're going to get any other relief through advocacy, trying to change policy, or having interactions with those those local departments. I also think it's not a coincidence that in 2023, we're still talking about <clears throat> questionable and nefarious behavior by people under uh, who are who are ultimately tasked with maintaining a just uh, society. Uh, and we're talking about that time and time and time again out of Northern California, out of the Emerald Triangle. And so while I love my brothers and sisters in uniform, and we all know that most people get into law enforcement to help society, and we can you know, regurgitate that same talking point about how it's only just a few rotten apples that ruin the barrel. These these few rotten apples that ruin the barrel still seem to make the headlines and they seem to make the headlines with regularity. And 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 so <clears throat> I think it's really important to just note that some of this is a byproduct of not having a culture of accountability that works in both directions right. with civilian review. And so there's reason why there are communities that are distrusting and those distrusting communities uh, would there's 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 little things that could be done to to create a lot more trust. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of suing people or hoping that the courts are where I'm going to get my day in court. Um, but uh, I do think that these are symptoms of a society that is not holding all stakeholders and all participants accountable. Now, while I agree that I think it's going to be difficult to get this heard by the court, I am debating if it's possible. Because uh, all you need are four of the justices to get on board to hear a case. Um, I think Clarence Thomas would be amenable to this. I also think... Yep. Uh, Kavanaugh, I think Alito would. Um, I don't know about good old Amy. Um, but no. I think this might, if they do, and I, I don't think they have a love for cannabis. I think it's that they will want to reinforce state rights and those opinions to help back up Dobbs. So I think they could have alternative uh, motives that might help cannabis get heard. But I do think cannabis cases may get heard by the court if it's for medical reasons, for insurance, for workers' comp. I think there are other cases that might ha would stand a better chance of making it to the court. I actually, I gotta, I actually I agree with your account, Yeah, I was just going to say, Jason, I got to give props to you. that uh, You have been saying that since day one that, um, that the Dobbs case would be actually yep. a positive and, and that Clarence Thomas would be a advocate, an unlikely advocate, as he might be for the cannabis industry. And I'm just seeing that over and over again uh, from this. So I'm, I'm with you. I, and, and I agree with your with, with your with your count, Gretchen. I think we get, end up getting three conservative justices and then we'd have to get one liberal justice in order to hit four in order for this to get heard by the court. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I well, see it, it. it really they have to it has to do they how much do they love? States rights versus drugs is what you got to weigh. And it's always going to go back to, from the conservative angle, you think it'll always go back to states' rights over drugs? Yes. Yep. Yep. Wait, 100%. you think they're going to get on board for, because they want to legalize pot? Hell no. They're going to get on board for states' rights. That's right. States' rights. When states I go in and talk to conservative lawmakers, I never talk about, yes, legalize cannabis for the culture, for the medicine. They don't want to hear that shit. They want taxes. They want state yeah, rights. I, 
and jobs. It's an open, it's an open known mm-hmm. thing in Washington. And I know because I ran for Congress and the United States Senate. It's open and known that most of the people that you see there on the floor are using cocaine and other strong forms of drugs. And if these people party, do cocaine, or allegedly be doing crack cocaine and everything else, and if they haven't pushed to make that legal. And this is a drug that they use recreationally. I just don't see people rushing to, to make anything good for marijuana that we're not going to continue c- continuously have to fight for. Even where we are now in terms of having it, uh, uh, you know, legal for recreational or it had to start out to show medicinal. How many years did that take? I just don't see the Supreme Court just jumping in trying to fix this, this case or this problem. I don't have any kind of I believe both sides are the same. I believe there's just one particular person in particular that is completely different. I believe both sides are completely the same. And I don't see anything coming out of the courts that's going to be beneficial towards this. I just don't. And I I do agree that this is a long shot. Um, But I also do believe when it comes to Washington uh, that cannabis is a generational issue. And when we start getting rid of some of these old heads, I think it's going to move a lot faster. I think we need to also be careful because states' rights is a slippery slope, right? We're all stakeholders, and we believe that the criminalization of this plant is inherently unjust. But once you start opening up that Pandora box of states' rights, what are we putting at risk? Are we putting women's rights and and, and access to reproductive health care options at risk? And so as much as I would love to see cannabis federally legal, as much as I would love to see people not crashing down doors and cutting people's 100,000 plants on a Covalo farm. I also recognize that this state's rights is a Trojan horse to potentially take away federal rights. So we talk about state's rights in this instance because there's a federal illegality that that is limiting personal liberties. But if we use that same conversation around states' rights, there's also a very strong chance that that argument could be used in the near future to take away personal liberties. Right, and women's opportunity to have their own conversations and their own decisions with their own doctors. That that, that conversation has already been happening and been happening in a number of states, but we have to go to a commercial and we'll be right back. Hyatt 9 News invites you to join us and become a sponsor, supporter, and attendee for the second annual Envision Gala for This Is Jane Project, a nonprofit organization leading the way in advocating for trauma-informed care. This Is Jane Project offers a range of programs designed to shed light, build community, and uplift the lives of women and non-binary trauma survivors who use cannabis as medicine. Support this event that is sure to make an impact today. For more information about sponsorship opportunities, visit www.thisisjaneproject.org. Hold on, hold on. We're, 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 we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back from our commercial break, you guys. Oh, yeah, it's getting spicy backstage. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, whatever you're doing, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already. On top of it, you can read all the day's articles on our website, www.hyatt9news.com. You can check out all of our merch, sign up for our newsletter, all that fancy stuff. Make sure you go and do that today um, because we believe that organic growth is the best growth. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation 
at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Feared Black Latin Alive, a political leader, artist, activist, entrepreneur, and not a fan of Puff Daddy in the least. Antoine Montega. Tucker. I, I want to I say thank you. I want to say thank you to my great co-host this morning. I know you guys, you see the shows that be kicking up. We'll be giving you guys great energy. It's not dry here. This is not the place where we are dunced out. We have great topics and we have our own opinions and we still can come together and agree to at least not disagree. And I hope the people that are watching, that are, that are seeing the exchanges, uh, are learning something from it. But today, we're going to be talking about Farabal. I hope I'm saying this correct. I'm from New York. You know, we don't really read well. Uh, Farabout, about, uh, hold on, wait, far about, far about stores. Uh, a for, uh, four-about store has, has 22 cannabis plants seized on the first day of legalization. Police in Farabout seized 22 suspected cannabis plants from a local tobacco store on Tuesday, the first day of the state's Minnesota, the first day the state of Minnesota legalized the possession and use of marijuana. However, it is still not legal to sell a plant. And... And will be un uh, until at least 2024 or 2025 due to the state needing to get its dispensary license system up and running. Officers went to uh, 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 went to Total Tobacco on the 400, the 400 block of 4th, uh, 4th Street Northwest around 4.50 p.m. Several citizens' complaints were made about the business selling marijuana plants in its parking lot tent sale. Police arrived and found the plants labeled by strain. In some cases, the THC concentration exceeded the percentage allowed for legal grown and industrial hemp plant sales. According to the city, the plants were seized and no arrest was made. The business, hold on, the businesses, hold on, let me read this. The businesses have posted on Facebook. This is the, well, you can't read this. You can go and see it. The Fair About Police Department is committed to supporting businesses engaged in the legal sale of cannabis and cannabis-related products. Once the Minnesota Office of Cannabis Management is established, until that time, unauthorized sales of cannabis will be investigated in accordance with the state law, Fair About Police uh, Chief John Sherwin said in a statement. Now, from what I was reading, though, was that uh, let me see something. Um, the areas, okay, the area, the area allowed in the state, the uh, the only areas allowed in the state that are the only areas in the state that are allowed to sell recreational cannabis to people twenty one and over are the tribal nations of Red Lake Nation and the, and White Earth Native uh, Care Red Lake uh, Red Lake Nations Medical Dis, uh, Dispensary saw lines of people forming outside its stores on Tuesday as the tribal council voted to approve the sale in mid July. So the only place in Minnesota currently where you can purchase marijuana plants and uh, other forms of marijuana that has been cultivated is currently on the Native American nations of White Earth and uh, Red Lake. Anybody got anything to say about this? 
man, I'll tell you what, this, this, this cop, these cops are going to have a major lawsuit on their hands because uh, whether or not it's a weed plant or not, they do not have the right to confiscate that in, in that state. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the, they don't have the right to confiscate that because it's not over the, the, the THC threshold at that point and stage of its life. They have absolutely no jurisdiction over to be able to take that. And, and, and this, this hemp shop is going to catch a big win. Yeah. You agree? Straight up. I agree. Yeah. They're going to they're going to win. They're about to get paid. They're going to get paid by these cops. And I loved it. There was a video that I saw with these cops where they were saying they were saying that basically by selling the plant that it could it could grow. And then at that point in time, it would be a crime. And so therefore, we have the right to confiscate it before it becomes a crime. And I was just like, I was like, what's that? Immunity. Oh yeah, yeah, but, law, but, but, yeah. Law enforcement but, but, definitely has qualified immunity. Something, yeah. something that they could uh, seize on it says um, they were labeled by strain in some cases. THC concentration exceeded the percentage allowed by legally grown industrial hemp sales. Could that be the sticking point right there that could save them? Because they put a because they put a warning label on it. Are you serious? Wait, 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 wait. wait. All right. How about how about we go back to the fact that these guys don't have a license? I don't understand why you you don't need a license to sell a plant. Yes, they do. No, you don't. It's you don't illegal need a to sell hemp. To sell that's, the that's, that's classified as hemp, Gretchen. That's not classified e- as weed. All right. Well, let's not read the law. You okay. What's the law talking. say? Go ahead. What's well, the law say? It, according to the story, they can't be selling this shit until 2024. What's the problem? I but don't it's already, but it's already legal. Allowed. It's already legal to sell hemp, though, Gretchen. Like, they have hemp in their state. And so, therefore... I state. understand that, Jason Beck. If you continue to read then you will see that these plants exceeded the THC concentration for the definition. No, they did that. not. There's no yeah, way that they, they, they did. Okay, saying, like, they're, they're fucking putting, lying. They are lying. No, no, they, they are lying. That's, that's, that's what I'm because, saying. Could see, be what he's saying is the reason why they can't exceed the THC level amounts is because they're infants. They have no THC level yet. Correct. They so haven't even gone in that on, process. But, but the fact that they labeled it, the fact that they labeled it, there could be a sticking point, and that's why they can say that that's why we seized the plants because they, you qualified they have labels on it that said that this is the THC level. They, they might not have had any THC in them uh, recognized by any testing factors yet, but the fact that they had the label on there and they're selling these with that label on it, that could be the sticking point. That Question, where does it say that these were infant plants? Where? Well, where when you see the original article... When yeah. you see the original article that was sent to me, because I chose to grab this one because it talked about the places where you can get it, and the other article didn't talk about the um, Native American lands. But okay. if you go to the original article that was in the thread, you'll see that it's a, a Fox News, Fox Nine um, News did it, and then it shows them in front of the plants. Like you can see the plants are babies. Like yeah, these are all baby are plants. Baby. There's like little. They're under like just foot. tall enough to just tall enough to start the flowering process. Okay, yeah, like under, so under so you can't. That you, yeah, those. Th- 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 are not qualified as, as as mature plants by any legal definition, whatnot, and they would not test for 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 higher than the allotted THC C threshold. So, but but I I do agree with with what you guys are saying is that they they probably used that little warning label as justification to be able well, to seize it. these plants. So they need it. Yep, I I, I do it. agree with that, but I do think that they will be successful because there was they because they because they did not have the the right amount of THC in them. They were not able to be confiscated. 
I think I think they just put that there. They just put that there so then that way to cover their ass. So then that way no one can say, oh well, I bought this plant. Like I had no clue that it would have done that. They just they're just doing that to cover their own their own legal ass. Well, they shot their ass in the foot then. Shoot your foot and your ass at the same time. I mean, I'm no firearm. Possible. I think you can. The way it goes down. Down. Have you seen Jason's ass? It's pretty large. I think you. Can I have a screen screen of it, and it's part of my daily affirmations and mantra. I wake up, yes. I do a little meditation, and I think. Wow, look at those cakes. Yep. And so, you know, I, also, I got an article that is about uh, hemp. And, and I don't know if this wow. is an intro into the last article to, like, finish this out. Rico, do you do the intro for me or do I have to do it because the last Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. I do have one thing to say real quick. We do want to say and send a big thank you. Yeah, yeah, hold on, Gretchen. A big thank you to Ingrid for the super chat. She says, thanks, I love you all, for, and I'm back home in Chicago. So thank you so much for that super chat, Ingrid. Yes. Go ahead. You want to introduce introduce hey, Yaro? Go ahead, Rico. Go ahead. Go ahead. You guys are on a rampage today. We come to a consensus and say that they just shouldn't have labeled the damn plants. Yes. Um, maybe they was right. high when they did it. No, 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 because I, 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 I'm willing, <laughs> I'm willing to bet that their lawyer told them to do that. I'm willing to bet their lawyer told them to do that just to just to cover their ass, and and whatever you know what maybe maybe they should have planted the label farther down in the dirt so that way the cops couldn't read it. Maybe well, so. and maybe I'm willing to bet in their pocket and gave them the label when they purchased it. I'm willing to bet that nothing comes of this. Jason back, there will be no money given to these people or any reprieve. I bet They're you, I put a hundred bucks that they that they get some kind of settlement. They get some kind of money. Okay, hundred bucks. All right, Adam, All add right. it to right. the tally. Add it to the tally, add it Adam. To the tab. Added to the tab. All right, so so coming up and bringing us home today is a second generation cultivator and the founder of Special Teams Consulting, the Sebastopol Sage himself, Yarrow Cooperin. Where's that like? Yeah, there we go. There's the, there's the applause, round of applause. So this is, look, I, this previous article that we were just talking about is a perfect segue into the one that I picked for today. So um, several, so the, the name of the article is Virginia Crackdown on Intoxicating Hemp Products with Enforcement and Fines. Several Virginia businesses have been hit with five-figure fines this month. The state officials start enforcing stricter new rules on the contents and labeling of hemp products to try to crack down on alternatives to marijuana. The Virginia Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services has sent five non-compliance letters as of late July, assessing penalties ranging from 13000 to 97000 according to the agency. The letters sent under the new civil penalty structure that took effect July 1st gives the business owners an opportunity to pay a reduced fine of $10,000 if they agree to bring their stores into compliance and meet other conditions. The largest fine so far was sent to a store in Southwest Virginia's Gate City called Tobacco Discount. Of 36 per impermissible products, the inspector said they found 27 had concentrations of intoxicating THC above the 0.3 legal limit, agency records shows. Others contained synthetic forms of THC or had labels that bore a significant likeness to mainstream snacks such as Lucky Marshmallow or Brary Crunch. Many of the products tested were gummies or cereal bottles labeled as containing Delta-8, a hemp-derived compound that can produce a high similar to marijuana. Inspectors reported finding a total of 26 violations at the business ranging from paperwork, labeling, ingredients prompts to a heavy accumulation of dead insects and insect fragments in some areas of the store. Total of fines assessed on that one business were $97,000. In the same violations are cited if for future inspections, the assessed civil penalties will increase. 
they said in a letter detailing the new enforcement system. The tobacco discount did not respond to multiple requests for comments sent to email addresses and a phone number listed on the state inspection paperwork. The hemp and THC legislation was one of the most complex and contentious bills the General Assembly passed this year, drawing strong opposition from critics who said the proposal was overly punitive and could threaten Virginia's entire hemp industry. This is just going way over the top, as we warned everyone, said Jason Amatucci, president of the Virginia Hemp Coalition. They're finding people and they're being very aggressive about it. Since the new law took effect, there have been several news reports about hemp-focused businesses scaling back plans in Virginia or leaving the state altogether. During debates, supporters said the tougher regulations and penalty system would put needed curbs on unregulated and potentially hazardous products that have been widely available in smoke shops and convenience stores due to Virginia's continued lack of recreational marijuana dispensaries. Proponents of getting tougher on products like Delta 8 pointed to an uptick in poisonous reports among minors sickened by way too much THC. The heavy fines, some lawmakers said earlier this year, were meant to make it prohibitively expensive for businesses to continue selling products deemed unlawful. The office of Governor Glenn Yokin who signed the new law earlier this year, said the revamped system, quote, takes critical steps to strengthen consumer safety and regulations around edible and hemp-derived products, as well as Delta 8 THC products. The high volume of products found to be violating state rules, the governor's office indicated, shows the law is working as intended. As evidenced by VDAC's enforcement of businesses with over 150 product violations, the legislation is effectively ensuring Virginian safety, said the governor's spokesman. The tougher enforcement is underway despite the ongoing partisan standoff over the state budget. VDAC has been unable to fulfill the anticipated 15 new positions due to the budget impasse. Agency spokesman Michael Wallace said in an email, the enforcement letters give affected businesses 30 days to pay the reduced $10,000 penalty as long as they sign a consent resolution acknowledging the violations and waive the right to dispute the penalties. Businesses that want to fight the fines can request an informal fact-finding conference that allows them to challenge the inspector's findings. All five businesses that receive fines under the new system have not submitted the necessary forms to disclose that they're selling edible hemp products according to the inspection reports. In addition to the action against the tobacco discount, the agency assessed penalties of $18,000, $36,000 on two stores in Warrington, $35,000 on a store in Galax, and $13,000 for a store for a penalty in Christiansburg. Among the new penalty structure the law took effect imposes new limits on how much THC hemp products can contain. To try to exempt hemp-based CBD products from running afoul of the law, products must now have a 25 to 1 ratio of CBD to THC. Under the penalty structure that they laid out, violations of THC limits carry the steepest fines. First violation is 1,000 and potential referral to law enforcement and sub subsequent violations carry a $5,000 penalty. Virginia has regulated medical marijuana program. Lawmakers have also decriminalized possession of a small amount of pot and the new state law allows people to grow up to four plants at home. Efforts to legalize a recreational retail market have stalled because Democrats didn't create one when they had full control of the state house in 2020 and 2021. So let me just kick this off by saying, hemp is cannabis without offense. We need to start legalizing intoxicating cannabinoids no matter where they are derived. Hemp-derived intoxicating cannabinoids that are not age-restricted is a huge problem, and it is my belief that the biggest threat to the regulated cannabis industry is under-regulated hemp. The biggest threat to the cannabis industry is unregulated hemp. Is that what you're saying, Yarrow? 
Absolutely, because as long as you can take a hemp-derived cannabinoid that's intoxicating and sell it in a store or a gas station to miners in a state that doesn't have a regulated cannabis industry or an under-regulated cannabis industry or an industry that's only medical without recreational, yeah, hemp is this huge loophole, and the loophole is not how we intended it, and we are vulnerable to laws that are behind the science and the innovation and extraction technology and as a parent i don't want i don't want any child accessing psychotropic cannabinoids and merely because they're legal doesn't mean that it's ethical and these things are not lab tested they do not create a regulated supply chain and it's a problem for an industry like regulated cannabis that is already burdened with overregulation and taxation to have these other people run in loopholes and 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 that run afoul i think of what society's intention was in legalizing plant-based medicine. All right. So I'm going to say to Yaro, you know that the supervillain sees himself as a superhero, right? I just need to say you this because um, you're saying, although it may be legal, it may not be ethical. Um, so if that's the case, then we have to apply it to a lot, like the Delta-8 thing. So I don't know how it's made. Yeah, no, that's that, 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 that's that, that's what he's referring to. Delta-8, HHC, all of the, no, the THCO, all just, that. Let me, let me just, let me just, just kind of get into it, though, right? I'm not I'm not I'm not saying what he's saying is wrong, but what I'm, I'm I'm applying it now to where I even live in Texas. They decriminalize they you having small amounts of marijuana on you in your possession. You might get a ticket or whatever, but you can literally go into a tobacco store and buy a ton of Delta eight. And then the thing about this is they're making it seem like, oh, we're 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 going after the tobacco industry or the companies that's putting too much THC in it. No, they're doing them a favor. Cause now what happens is they used to go get this one product that had all of the THC levels they wanted in it, and now they can't. So now they have to buy that because they nerfed it. They're gonna have to buy that product more at the same price point. So let's say they went and bought a pen, and the pen was eighty dollars, and it had certain amount of percent of delta eight in it, and that was just enough for that person. Now they nerfed it. It has about half. So now that person has to go spend the same price point twice to get the same kind of feeling that they had. Um, as far as I'm concerned, anybody selling any products to any kids, I mean, there's, there's already laws against that. So I don't think that this is about more so the children. I think this is a low, underhanded way of these companies being able to create more income for themselves. There are tons of states where it's not regulated, like New York is not regulated, but there are people there who are openly selling cannabis. They're not, their stores are not getting raided. Me and you, um, Jason, talked about something off camera with one of my businesses in New York. So if I know that we are able to do what we want to do, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that it's more of a marriage between the companies in the state and they're, they're kind of trying to make it look like look we're doing you guys a favor but me i look at what's happening kind of behind the scenes if someone bought a pen and they gave them a certain amount of uh, uh, uh euphoria from it and now you nerf that pen they're gonna have to spend the same price point twice in order to get it the people who really the tobacco industry is not gonna be mad because you find them a thousand all they're gonna do is nerf the products and have to sell more at the same price point they're gonna get their money that is, I mean, that's what that's what's happening with the hemp. People are still getting their money, and people there's there's no regulation. This is like one of the first enforcement cases I've even heard brought up in regards well, to this, Yarrow. Glenn Youngkin hates weed, and he hates hemp. He hates all of that shit. So stop it. He I does. do agree. I do agree with Yarrow <laughs> uh, that I do believe there is a consumer safety aspect to be looking at when it comes to all these unregulated hemp pro products. Uh, but. I just think they should be regulated. I don't think we should be picking out specific cannabinoids to uh, outlaw, to ban, to say that Delta-8 can't exist because 
the Fed screwed up when they created the farm bill. Um, I think that's something we have to work on and work through. I just want to see safe products for all. I don't think it's about save the children. I think it's about safe medicine available. But, but you don't know. You don't even know that Delta 8 is a safe product to consume in the first place, Gretchen. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying regulate it, jackass. Did you hear a word I said? I was just making sure we're on the same page. Just making sure we're on the same page, Gretchen. You know, sometimes. We're on the same page a lot more, and it's kind of wrapped up, baby. Instead of giving me hemp laced with Delta 8, won't you just give me the flower, natural, with the natural THC in it? Instead of giving me a hemp plant laced with Delta 8, just give me the natural, beautiful flower. We're over time. We're over time. But thank you all for joining us. It would be lovely if the libs could have got their shit together in Virginia when they had the opportunity. All ladies love flowers. I'm just Thank you all for joining us for today's a very spicy episode of Hide Nine News, where we're talking all over each other. Just apologize for that, but uh, you can catch us weekdays 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love. Ingrid Faye in the building today, getting their comments up live on the big screen, and the live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in for the conversations on the daily headlines of chaos. To our vetted correspondents tuning in from all over, bringing as much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table as well. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, all our sponsors, keeping the lights on and AV struggles to a minimum, and lovely Zsa Zsa Simone holding us down on all the other platforms too. And always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason why we show up to read these headlines every single day. It has been Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Yaro! You got the outro today, brother. What you got for us? You can only stay high at nine if you come back tomorrow. Bars.